You are listening to the official Scythe Esports Podcast, featuring all of your not-your-everyday gaming discussions. Now here are your hosts. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Scythe Esports Podcast. I'm joined here again with Toast. What's up? All right, so we're going to be going over a couple of recaps here with the Heroes of the Storm team. We got some pretty big news involving the uh, HOTS team. And we're going to be going into a little bit of BlizzCon, upcoming, uh, the upcoming event of BlizzCon, where Zest will actually be competing uh, first in the offline portion and then probably making it to the online portion, uh, which will be streamed and you can view him uh, competing live in the StarCraft II tournament. And then we're going to have a little bit of an eSports biz talk, which is going to be a new segment here on the Scythe eSports podcast. So let's kick things off here. So the HOTS team, we have some pretty big news here. Uh, Anthony, would you like to break it? Uh, yeah. So uh, our HOTS team did perform very well in the Crucible. We were able to beat uh, the team's Simplicity, and we have taken their spot in the HGC Pro League for Here's the Storm. Yeah, that's really amazing. And when I heard that news, I was just so eccentric about it. <laughs> uh, it was really amazing. And when I saw the HOTS team just performing the entire time in the open division, I just had a feeling that they were going to make it to the pro league eventually. And of course, I think two of our players, they used, they were on other pro teams before coming to our team and just having them on our team just really boosted our, um, boosted my level of confidence in the team personally. Right. Yeah, no, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're a good group. Um, they performed very well. Um, and everything it was it was awesome. So how did we fare against uh, simplicity in the crucible exactly? Um, really well. Game one, um, we lost. The draft was uh, a little uneven. It seemed like they kind of picked what we were going for, and they kind of surprised with, with with what they were doing. So it took us a game to figure it out. Um, game two, we uh, I believe we lost also, but it was a throw. We were ahead, and then threw the lead. I know. You know what? I think game two we won. Game three was the was the throw because I know we I think we went one one, um, and then we lost again. So then it was two one, um, and we threw that. We just tried to core dive um, during a big push, um, and we got wiped. It just wasn't enough. There, their core had maybe like fifteen percent health left. It just wasn't. We didn't have quite enough there to to finish it. Um, and then we proceeded to win the rest of the game. So we ended up winning four two overall. Um, we won the rest of the all of the the other three games um, for that series. Uh, easily nice so basically the overall score was what like four to two us it was four two yep nice nice and i i don't remember the name of the player that said this but uh he said he stated something along the lines of uh we were making our career while ending theirs uh who said that again exactly um, I don't remember which one of them said that. It was either I think it was either Nesper or Zergling. I'm not for it sure. It was actually but... pretty clever, though. I mean, I kind of like the little trash talk or like just like the kind of like little quip that he threw out there. Um, that was you know pretty um, uh, pr- pretty uh, pretty nice right there. What he said. It was uh, really entertaining to hear him say that. But um, no, it was like really clever too. Uh, clever at the same time. Yeah, it was it was it was good banter. Oh, definitely good banter. I love that part too. Uh, so now we're in the pro league, and it's really awesome to, you know, to see this team uh, in the pro league now. Um, what are some goals, overall goals that you want to set for our team in the pro league? Um. Well, I mean, basically, we know that we don't want to be in the next crucible, so that's pretty much their goal right now. Is for the 
you know, for this offseason, just to train as hard as possible, um, you know, to, to, to grind some matches, to learn the meta, you know, to compete. You know, when once we get scrimming those guys on a regular, you know, they're, I know that their skill level is going to go up. But basically, it's to just shoot for um, better than being the bottom two. So I'm hoping that we'll come, you know, we're looking somewhere around fourth or fifth place um, overall during the season. Nice. I'm really hoping for that too. I definitely. I mean, I, I want us to get first, but oh, first, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm re- I'm being realistic, so you know, I know that we need to, you, you know, gotta be have, number you, one. You gotta do, you know. do it. Do it. We need to st- step into the role. You know, you, you you start from the bottom, you work your way up. Yeah, you can't push things too quickly. You gotta definitely work your way. I mean, up if we there. can get there, we'll go. I'm just oh, saying. Yeah, like, no, I mean, of course. the goal is at least to get to the mid, the middle, kind of the middle of the pack, to you know, protect our spot in pro league. And then continue on uh, moving up from there. You know, it's also the, the idea of also just being realistic and just not trying to burn out every, you know, burn out your team at the same time. And along with that, you know, it's, you know, everybody says that you should push to be number one. You should push to be the best. And yeah, of course, that's true. But at the same time, you also have to be realistic that not everybody is going to become number one or get the top spot in whatever they're doing right away. And most of the time, you know, that that rarely, that seldom ever happens. Most of the time, it just takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of losses as well as also wins to actually eventually make it there. Very rarely, you'll see somebody just skyrocket to the top. It's very, you know, just very rare. Yeah, I mean, it, it did happen with um, with uh, Here's Hearth, whom I actually just recently found is a local team to me. And they're actually based out of St. Paul, Minnesota. Oh, interesting. So, Cool fact to know that, but uh, that's how they started. They they went through the open division, and uh, they're they're the top right now. They you know they're they're BlizzCon right now. Uh that's that's absolutely amazing, and also just the fact that you also discovered they were also a local team too. <laughs> um, yeah, just, I just hadn't I nowhere. just had, I just hadn't realized. I don't think they you know it's like an advertised thing for them very much, but uh, you know very very cool. You know, just uh, it was cool to I I I, I talk with them. Um, we're working on some stuff to actually together. Um, so just kind of some cool stuff coming coming there. Oh, you mean like some some collaboration between Hero, Heroes Hearth and Scythe? Um, yeah. So basically, so Heroes Hearth website um, they post a lot of build orders and they do a lot of great stuff um, online for the Heroes community. And they just asked if we would be a part of that and and you know have some of our players throw some of our more creative build orders up there and to uh, to you know really be a part to cement ourselves as a part of the community. So. That's definitely something that you know we were interested in, and we want to take you know take a part of. Love it. That's really awesome. That is really yeah. awesome. Um, and there's a couple other teams that did that do it as well. So there's a, there's quite a few of the teams that are all um, a part of that kind of program. Gotcha. So it's kind of just like a um, like a not like a partnership exactly, but like a collaboration more or less. Where yeah yeah, yeah we'll have, so have our players teams. So. Yeah, we'll have our our we'll have our. Uh, you know, build orders available you know, to our fans, and that's just where they can view them is off their website. Oh yeah, totally. And I know that the other really popular website is uh, like hot, uh, I think what is it like Hot Slobs or um, God, yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's hot one slobs, of them. Right? There's a couple different ones too. Some people you know use Team Liquid, um, so there's a lot of different resources. But uh, Heroes Hearth is a you know, like I said, kind of that, that home, the home stomping ground for me. So, and they approached us, and you know, they're they're good people. I just wanted to. You know, be able to work with them. I thought that was cool. Hot Slobs was the website that I was using to look up Heroes builds when I was um, playing support. And I forget which character it was, actually. But um, I was doing a really crappy job. And one guy in our team just started yelling at me, just spamming the the chat, just hot slobs, hot slobs, hot slobs. And I was just like, oh, my God, what the hell is wrong with this guy? I literally looked it up, and I was like, oh, okay. So this guy was basically just telling me to get good. He was trying to, yeah, he was trying to tell you. 
Yeah. Check uh, out some builds. <laughs> spamming me. Yeah, just buy, look at the builds. Jesus Christ, you know, in his own way. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, definitely, um, you know, pretty good pretty good news here with the HOTS team. Uh, so going on to BlizzCon, and we have some pretty uh, – uh, we have a pretty big event coming up here for Zest especially. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we've got uh, we've got a couple things coming up this weekend. Um, firstly, actually, Teebs is actually playing out in San Jose, um, in, in the, uh, Hearthstone, um, for another little tournament out there. Um, it is, it is part of their circuit kind of, kind of sprung up. Hearthstone kind of does it. They kind of like spring these events on you. So we sent, uh, we're sending Teebs out there to play in that. And then, uh, she'll actually, um, end up hooking up with us for, for BlizzCon to, to watch Zest, uh, hopefully. Oh, okay. But so then, she's uh, coming to meet up with you after her event. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's a plan. That's a plan. So right now, yeah, Zest is playing the um, offline portion of uh, BlizzCon round of 16. Um, that actually starts tomorrow, tomorrow morning, um, 11 a.m. Central. So bright, bright and early. Uh, okay. So, he's uh, flying in to BlizzCon, right? He's not playing it remotely. No. Yep. He's already there. He's been there for a couple of days. He's been, uh, you know, getting acclimated with everything and then, uh, you know, just getting just getting ready, doing some practice stuff and stuff with some of his old uh, teammates from KT Rolster. Um, their old coach, um, I forget his name, um, actually came with um, just to, to to be supportive and just to help them. So kind of a cool thing. Nice, nice. So did you see any of the competition that he's headed into? Yeah, so we know, we know his group. So he the groups have been uh, have been live for a while. So Zess will be uh, taking on um, Hero Marine first, um, a Terran player, and then he'll after that he'll be playing against um, um, either Serral or uh, SOS. Nice. So, so uh, yeah, c- c- you know, a couple different things could happen. Um, Zest is, I- I'd say, right now, it's uh, everyone thinks Serral's going to get out of that group first. Everyone's money is pretty much on Serral um, as the front runner um, in 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 that group. Um, Zest definitely has a good opportunity to to show up, and he's got the better chance because Here Marine's probably the weakest person in that group. So by him playing Here Marine first, he really has a good opportunity to to get out, and then to just have to focus on PvP, which he actually is pretty good at. Um, versus SOS, but it depends if SOS beats Serral or not, and it depends who comes out first in that group. So there's a lot of different factors that go into everything, so it's just one of those things we'll just kind of have to wait and see, you know. Gotcha. This is starting bright and early, too, on Twitch, correct? Uh, yeah, like I said, the broadcast starts at um, 11, 11 a.m. Central. All right, cool, cool. I was just making sure in case if I was going to tune in <laughs> because yeah, I definitely want to cheer Zest on, and I should, Twitch, too. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash uh, StarCraft. Uh, Twitch slash StarCraft, you said? Yeah, Twitch.tv slash StarCraft. Gotcha. Okay, I know that one. So, All so right. the, the main the main StarCraft channel will be main. will be showing that. Gotcha. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Cool. Cool. So, um, we also heard a little bit of good news from there from Tiffany as well in the Brawlhalla section. Uh, she took second at the Autumn Championships. Correct. Yep. Uh, Tiffany and her and her partner Starlight they took second place um, overall for uh, Autumn Champs, which was good. We were hoping for first place. Um, we didn't end up losing to Boomy and Remy. Who are probably the most prolific two v two team, but um, we took some. We were able to kind of get them figured out. It just took a little bit longer than we wanted to mm-hmm. um, for for as far as like how to counter their playstyle. But that being said, we're pretty confident going into our two v twos here for um, DreamHack Atlanta here for BCX for the Brahala Finals. Nice sounds. Sounds pretty good. Scythe is definitely doing pretty, uh, definitely trucking ahead. <laughs> oh, absolutely. All right, so we're going to do a little bit of a pretty much like an info segment right here. It's going to be a new segment here on the Scythe Esports podcast. It's going to be Esports Biz Talk. 
So we're going to be discussing a little bit of the business aspects of esports as well as like also team uh, getting a team together and you know stuff like that. Uh, so we're going to kick off today's topic with the challenges of finding a sponsorship for an esports team. So it basically was something that just got brought up uh, previously this week when we were discussing sponsorships. And we actually found out that because it's really early in esports, there hasn't been a set rate normally for a lot of companies to give to esporting teams. And this actually has created a bit of a, um, I guess in a way it's more of a buyer's market in a sense, or sorry, it's more of like a seller's market in a sense, because the esports teams might not necessarily know how much they're worth. Does that sound kind of correct in a sense as an analogy? Um, yeah, I think, I think the, the biggest thing is they don't know what to ask for. Um, in the past, you know, in, in the good old days, you're, you know, if you were able to get some free merchandise and, you know, headset and a mouse, you know, you were, you were happy, you know, that's pretty much all it took back of then. And, you know, and nowadays, you know, obviously there's a lot more that goes into that, you know, you need to take into account, you know, player salaries, um, you know, your travel expenses. So it really depends on, you know, who your sponsors are and, and what, what you have to offer them though. That's, and that's a thing that people uh, forget a lot of the times is, you know, not only, you know, am I asking them for money, but what what can I, what can we provide as a team for, for them? Would you say that one big issue is that a lot of teams just don't know their like own worth? Um, yes and no. Like it's, 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 it's tough, right? Because there's either teams that are like our size that are, I would say like, we're at like a moderate level. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's like three, there's like three levels. You're at a moderate level, like where we are, right? Where we're growing. We're in like a phase of growth where we're doing really well. You've got your already like really established teams like Team Liquid, mm-hmm. you know, Evil Geniuses, you know, G2 Esports who are already making the big bucks. And then you've got these brand new teams that are just trying to like, you know, get off the ground. So between those three, like it's kind of hard to know like where you're like between us and, and you know, getting off the ground. It's pretty hard just to get to that point, right? Like cause you have to grow yourself. You have to grow. You have to market yourself um, and kind of figure out like, okay, well, what can I like I said, what can I do, um, you know, to to ha- to be attractive for these teams. Would you say that the moderate teams where the level that we are technically, would you say that those teams tend to be taken advantage of a lot because from <clears throat> what I was kind of like thinking about here is the moderate teams they might not think that they're always so good to get more money, but they might actually have a pretty good team that's good enough for the pros. It's just that they haven't been discovered yet. And at the same time, they might be thinking that they're not as good. And maybe they're thinking that they're a bit more of a lower level team. And maybe that's the type of uh, teams that often get taken advantage of by several different types of companies. And maybe they don't make, you know, a whole lot of money. And then that actually most like in the long term might actually cause a lot of a deterioration with their team because they're unable to play to sorry to pay their player salaries they're unable to really have some sort of financial compensation for their players as well as also the team itself to for promotion and other purposes that actually has some you know some long-time financial strain on that team yeah i'm i don't know if they could take advantage of like i said it's it's a hard it's a hard it's a really difficult thing to actually measure you know like what like what are you worth and and what you know what you, you can bring to the table like those are super hard things to actually like to know like where you're at in like that market yeah you and know. another big thing too was having brands offer just like too little like as a brand uh from more of the uh the seller in the sense here the the person that's wants looking to invest in the esporting team what were some uh 
things that they were offering that would be considered just too little, um, you know, like just too little for an esporting team generally. Well, like I said, at this point, really, I mean, but it depends. just mer- <laughs> it depends. But like, just merchandise is like a good option. Like at that at this point, like just merchandise like really isn't going to get you very far. You know, like maybe if you're like an online only team and you're not going to events, like that's like a deal. Like it, it's good for someone, mm-hmm. you know. But I think you have to know and like you have to you have to gauge based on what you're doing, right? Like we're going to events, like we're you know we're we're growing as a team, so that's what we need those funds available for is for that growth. Where is if you're like um, a brand new team, you know, you're offline, like you're still trying to figure yourself out, like, you know, like for you, like, yeah, like it's good to start somewhere. Like you start building a relationship, you know, especially if you can get in with like a decent sized company because maybe they're still only offering like, you know, this gear. But then perhaps, you know, in a couple months down the line, like everything's going very well, you're doing better than they thought, you know, now you have that established relationship. Maybe you can you can start to ask for more, you know, exactly. Now, from the team's perspective here. And, you know, like from the seller, it's more or less they can have the power to come up with the deal to a sense, but it's the team's uh, ability to accept or deny that offer. But if you're a new team and if you're looking for sponsorship and if a company comes up to you and just says, oh, hey, I want to be your sponsor, then all of a sudden like, oh, my God, I got a sponsor. You know, it's kind of like they're just really eccentric about it and uh, they might not know necessarily like what they're getting into. So. Like, what would you say are some key findings or some key things that, uh, like, a team should really look into before uh, they go with a, a uh, with a specific sponsor? Or, like, what should they look for in a sponsor? Uh, of course, depending on what they, uh, what they uh, would normally, uh, you know, depending on, like, what yeah. rank the team is, of course. But, like, what are some, like, warning signs or stuff that they should really look out for? Well, I think, I think, you know, one thing is I don't think you're ever going to really run into a situation, no matter how small you are, of, of a sponsor being like, hey, we want to sponsor you. Like, if a sponsor is approaching you, you're probably already, like, a well-established team, and you oh. still want to look into those things, but at a small level, I don't think that's something you're going to have to worry about. You're still going to have to actively seek those sponsorships. The things I would avoid avoid are, like, affiliate deals, where the company just wants you to sell shit um, in their name, and they give you, like, a 5% back of what you sell. You're just going to end up using your own money. And your team's going to buy that shit, and you're not going to make any money in the long run. And most of those teams don't have good reputations. If you look at it, they sponsor everyone, and anyone, and everyone, and that's not someone you want to uh, get, you know, start doing business with because it's just going to lower your, um, the attractiveness of your team. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you you work with those guys, like those guys, you know, they'll they'll work with anyone. Like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't do anything for your reputation as a team. Yeah, it kind of just makes the team kind of come off cheap too at the, se- uh, yeah, at the same like, time. Yeah, like you can be won over with, you know, just about anything. So, you know, they throw a little bit of free product at them and then they, you know, sign that that deal. And then, you know, that's usually where a lot of those small teams pretty much get stuck in end. And when they try to get, you know, these larger, you know, uh, partnerships, they say, oh, you know, we've partnered with them. It's like, yeah, so does everyone else. Like that's, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not showing me anything special here. So those brands that normally would cut a deal with anybody, are those really abundant? Are there's like a lot of them out there in the in the field, so to speak? Oh yeah, most definitely. All right, so there's a lot of um, <clears throat> not so special, uh, not so special brands out there that will literally just give like a bad esports team a deal. So that's something to really look out for. I mean, I don't want to say like a bad team. It's just like a novice team, right? Like, a novice you don't know, team, correct? You don't know any better. Like you're you're still learning it, and you know. It might be a good way for you almost to get your feet wet just to see what, like, you know, some contracts look like. Like, again, it's good for someone, you know. 
Like if you're a big if you're a big team signing like an affiliate deal, like I'm sure like you can make it worth, you know, your while. Because you're selling like if like when Team Liquid, you know, if they were, you know, had like an affiliate deal, like I'm sure that they could really make it worth their while because like everyone wants to buy it just because like Team Liquid's name's on it. So like when it really comes down to like the negotiation process, for example, you would really be uh, looking into to see, like I guess like a good question to ask them overall would be like how many companies, how many, uh, sorry, how many teams do you really work with? And I guess if they said like huh, like a really big number or something along those lines, or even if you just had to do your own research in a sense, uh, and you had to look up how many esporting teams uh, normally cut a deal with you know this company, this brand, then they can really come up with a good estimate about how cheap this company could be with uh, people and just like how general they can be like, you know, preying on the more novice teams. But the whole negotiation process here, um, you know, it's something that you would really have to bring up like when you're actually sitting down there and that's something to really watch out for, I would say. Um, yeah, like I said, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, one of the the biggest things you can do is like, like you were saying, just like do your research, you know, check, like check their Twitter feed. Like how many followers do they have? You know, how check check the teams that they're sponsoring. How many followers do they have? You know, if you're well and above anyone else that they're dealing business with, you probably deserve more than than what they're giving those other people. Yeah, actually, what you just brought up there is something else very very important as well. Uh, check the followings of the the brand. And it's a good it, indication of where the company's at as a, as a whole. If you if you see that they're you know small, they probably don't have a lot to offer. But if you see that they're large, maybe they do. There's also the the other possibility that they might be small, they might be starting out, but they might actually still have backers. So I think it's really just the whole process of reaching out to them, having some sort of pitch and just seeing, uh, just coming up with like a rate, even uh, try to propose to them like a certain rate. And possibly if you really want to work with them, say like they can't do that, uh, that rate that you mentioned to them, maybe they really are starting out, but maybe they have a product that's really cool. And you do want to do some sort of promotion with them, then maybe you could try to work out something with them. Where yeah, it offer, yeah, offer like a counter offer and like see what else you can work out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like something simple, something that you both can, you know, meet a meet up on and agree with yeah. because, and just kind of like tell them that you really like their product and that you really want to do something with them because then they're going to appreciate it a lot more. And <clears throat> trust me, like they need the reach, they need the promotion, and any little bit can definitely help them out too especially if they're really small and don't have a whole lot of followers yeah i would say the, the number one thing is to you know do their research but then also just be don't don't be too quick to like accept an offer like take your time and deciding whether or not you know this company that you're you know looking at is you know ideal for your situation is this someone that you want to you know go into business with you know is this someone you you know you're comfortable putting putting your name on it you know all those types of things so there's a, there is like a lot to take into consideration when you're you know when you're when you're first starting out. Totally. Yep. This is all golden advice here. All right. So that concludes this episode of the Scythe Esports podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and catch you next time. See you guys.